It's time for your Low Country Real Estate Market Update. It's the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. Brian is one of the top 1% real estate agents in Charleston. Find him online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. Now, broadcasting from the WTMA studios, here's your host, Brian Beatty. Good morning, Charleston. We are in the studio. We're ready to take your calls. We're ready to talk about real estate. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show. I'm, of course, your host, Brian Beatty. And um, what a mess we've got here on our hands with this real estate market. You know, we're trying to define what in the world's going on here, uh, just like the White House is trying to define what a recession is. <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the state of the market. I'm going to give you some good news. If you're a buyer, I'm going to help you with some strategies here to net the most money if you're going to sell of course make a a, a good deal if you're going to buy you know we've been waiting gosh for years now it seems uh to have some sort of information that we can use to try and get a good deal uh, if you're a buyer and i think it's starting to come around i think the the playing field is leveling out a little bit so uh, the first thing we're going to do is we're just we're going to talk about what's going on in the market here. Uh, then we'll talk a little bit more about some specific advice for buyers and sellers. But if at any point in time you have a question about the market or uh, just general knowledge question, really anything real estate related at all, feel free to call into the studio. I'm here. I'm taking your calls. The number here is 843-556-1250. 843-556-1250. Now, if you want to reach out to me personally, you have a, an interest in buying, selling, investing in real estate or in being a real estate agent, then I invite you to visit my website, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. You can call or text me, 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009. Or you can send me an email, brian at brianbeattyteam.com. So let's get right into it. You know, this this first uh, little chat I want to have is, you know, are we in a recession? What is recession? How do economists determine whether the economy is in a recession? Which is the tagline, by the way, for the article that came out about a week and a half ago on uh, WhiteHouse.gov's blog. And, you know, I just, I, I love this. So this is how this blog starts. It says, what is a recession? While some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession... That is neither the official definition nor the way economists evaluate the state of the business cycle. That is not what my Econ 101 book said, but I'll play along here for a moment, even though I I do think this is, um, well, let's keep going. Instead, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data. Holistic. Look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production and incomes. Based on these data, it is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, indicates a recession. And so, you know, here we go that the administration that, uh, you know, we're going to choose truth over facts, you know, and I'm just glad that they've got an effective strategy that they're going to deploy for Senator um, and it goes on to say that, you know, the, the, the National Bureau of Economic Research Business Cycle Dating Committee, which is the official recession scorekeeper, 
defines a recession as a significant decline in this is their definition. This is I mean, this is on their website. It defines a recession as, quote, a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and that lasts more than a few months. I'm not entirely sure how they got away with such an ambiguous definition for what a recession is. I mean, I fight against ambiguous language in contracts almost every single day when folks make offers on my listings. And, uh, you know, the, the fact that this is on, you know, our, our nation's uh, website here in terms of defining a recession is, is just crazy to me. Um, you know, the variables the committee looks at or typically tracks include real personal income minus government transfers, uh, employment, various forms of real consumer spending and industrial production. You know, notably, there are no fixed rules or thresholds that trigger a determination of decline, although the committee doesn't take or, or does not or does note, excuse me, that in recent decades, they have given more weight to real personal income, less transfers and payroll employment. So, you know, there's that if you have not read that article, do yourself a favor, go to whitehouse.gov or just search White House recession definition, and it'll take you right to the page. And there's a wide variety of opinions on on the current state of the economy. You know, CNN, as an example, which is a you know a largely Democrat-based media outlet, um, and one you'd expect to kind of push the White House's agenda, gave, you know, in my opinion, a fair synopsis of the current state of the economy. But here are a few highlights and you know, just some things for you to consider. And I want to I want to stay here for just a moment, um, and then I'm going to make things a lot simpler and talk about what we look at um, as realtors and how we help guide people through this process because who out there doesn't ask the question of is now the right time to buy something is now the right time to sell. So let's, let's just kind of stay here for a minute. And if, if inflation is at historic highs in the U S and it's eating into consumer spending power and, you know, we're looking at consumer prices that are, that are, surging to a new kind of pandemic era peak, which was just at the end of last month, it was up 9.1% year over year um, consumer prices. That's, I mean, that's higher than the previous reading last month when it went up uh, 8.6%. So as a result, money's tight in many households. Um, And the reality is this, you just got to follow the money in May uh, folks in the U.S. were saving just 5.4% of disposable income. That's down from 12.5% year over year. I think it'll be probably even less in June uh, because it's not like things have gotten better. And so you look at some of these other factors like, um, you know, obviously how, how to combat this inflation. So the Federal Reserve has approved a series of, you know, kind of supersized interest rate hikes this year. Um, and higher rates keep prices in check by slowing the economy down. But historically, and here's the deal, historically, the Fed's batting average for avoiding a recession is really nothing worth boasting about. I mean, in the last 11 times the Fed has raised rates, the Fed has successfully avoided um, a recession only three times, three out of the past 11 times. And during each of those cycles, inflation was lower than it is today. So that has, you know, some some analysts some folks, market participants nervous about um, how much of a recession we're in. I guess, you know, according to the White House, it depends on how you define recession. 
But people are growing pessimistic about the economy. And that's, I think, uh, what's driving the change in the real estate market right now. Of course, you've got some some actual uh, data points now and, and some factors. Because remember, real estate is a lagging indicator of the economy. We can't really follow the market and then figure out what's going to happen economically after that. We are, we are, the housing market is a result of what's happening in the market, in, in the you know, economic, economy. So what are, we, what are we really saying here? You've got two basic groups of people out there that, at least from, from a real estate perspective, I'm going to stay in my lane here. I'm certainly not a national economist, but you've got two different camps, so to speak. Camp number one is, you know what? This is a good thing that we're that we're adjusting. Um, yeah, the we might be in a recession. It's really not that bad, you know. First, you know, previous two quarters we were down what one and a half, one point six percent. This last quarter we were down point nine percent. You know, big whoop. Yes, it's technically a recession if that's how we're still defining it, but uh, could be a lot worse. And so. Everything should be fine. Yeah, we'll see things level off a little bit. We're not driving 100 miles an hour down the road anymore. We're just kind of driving the speed limit, right? Things have balanced out. Uh, the bidding wars and ridiculous terms are over, but everything's okay. You don't need to wait, in other words. Buy now. Sell now. Everything's fine. Then you've got the other camp of people that are saying, you know, I, I remember these feelings. I still have some some battle scars from... Uh, the the market crash of 2008, and I know that the circumstances are different, but I'm just a little leery. I'm I'm cautious on on what's going to happen here. Um, can I be cautiously optimistic? I I don't know how many people out there would say that they are cautiously optimistic. Um, I think people are just cautious right now, and so you've got the second group of folks that are saying. I think it's going to be a little bit worse than just flat. You know, yeah, we might return to uh, a market where prices are going up at a reasonable pace, four, five, six percent, uh, like we kind of should on an annual basis. But I think things are going to get worse before they get better. And I think that's going to happen economically, which will then impact the real estate market. And so. You know, you you look at some of these other factors like the um, you know, the the yield curve, which plots the the uh, the return of Treasury securities. It's one of the most reliable indicators of a healthy economy, and it's been kind of flashing signs of a looming recession for you know a lot of July. So you get this inverted yield curve. I don't know. I'm kind of geeking out right now, but it's often seen as a signal that investors are more nervous about the immediate future than the longer term, which leads. Interest rates on short-term bonds to move higher, and then those paid on then those paid on on long-term bonds. And so, you've got federal, you've got the Fed chair, uh, you know Powell that said earlier in the week that he he does not think the economy is currently in recession, but that's not what the yield curves are saying. That's not what some of the data is saying. Um, so, what does that have to do with real estate? All these data points that we can follow and track to try and determine where we're going to go. I think part of the point is you need to make up some your your mind for yourself. Look at different viewpoints on uh, the economy and on the market. And, and hopefully I'm one of them. Hopefully I'm somebody that can shed some light, at least in terms of the real estate application here. Um, but when we come back, I want to look at the data for real estate and help you understand the trend 
that is impacting the thoughts and opinions of the market, which is impacting the behavior, the actions or inactions, which is actually what's causing change in the market. So I'm going to take you through that process. Um, And if you're a buyer, I'm going to let you know what to expect. If you're a seller, I'm going to let you know what to expect. How can we get ahead of this thing? Use this information to our advantage to be an informed consumer. That's what this show is all about. Remember, if you want to reach out to me in the studio, I'm here. I'm live, ready to take your calls. 843-556-1250. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hear the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show every Saturday morning at 9 and each Sunday morning at 10 on 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. 1250 WTMA. You're listening to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker. 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. Welcome back, folks, to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I am live in the studio today, so if you have any questions about real estate, about what's happening in the market, maybe you have a, a story to share, a piece of advice uh, wanted or, or that you want to uh, share with us, feel free to call into the studio, 843-556-1250, 843-556-1250. Or, of course, if you want to reach out to me privately, have a conversation about real estate, my number, 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009. Or check us out online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. So we had a, a segment uh, just a little bit ago, if you're joining us, uh, just now where we're talking about the state of the economy and whether we're in a recession or not. And gosh, at this point, who knows? Because the, the definition is so ambiguous, right? Um, but if we look at some of these factors, there there are a few factors that I really want to focus on uh, that I think need to be uh, front and center. Because the, if you think about all the different things that are the, the, the trigger points for the direction of, of our economy... You know, you we've seen, you know, our our president say, well, hey, just because we've got two uh, quarters of consecutive you know negative GDP growth it doesn't necessarily mean we're in a recession. You know, how do we even define that? Look over here. Look at jobs, or look at this, or look at unemployment, or look at consumer spending, which is going down, by the way. Um, what I want to focus on is just making things a little bit simpler than the the White House's new convoluted definition of the recession and look at some trends occurring as a result of the indicators that combine to determine uh, whether we are in a recession or not and the impact that has on the real estate market. So there, there are three major things here, affordability, consumer confidence, and then just supply and demand. So let's look at affordability. Affordability has been going down um, for, gosh, I'm going to say almost three years now, two two years maybe. Um, the Housing Affordability Index, just so you know, it measures whether or not a typical family earns enough income to qualify for a, a mortgage on a typical home at either a national, regional, or local level based on the most recent price and income data. So in other words, can a typical family with, the, with a median income afford the median priced home in that area and it is based on the uh, prerequisite that they are getting a 30-year mortgage and that they are putting 20 percent down which frankly is not 
but we've got a very large pool of people out there that are not in that position. They do not have 20% down. You know, what's happening with savings right now? It's going down. What happens when people run out of money? They sell things. We haven't even seen, by the way, this wave of people that need to sell because they've got money in their home and it, it doesn't make sense to, to refinance or, or they can't refinance. Maybe they don't have enough equity. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But if we just, if we look at affordability, you know, this time last year, the interest rate was 3%. And, and th- these stats only go to May of this year. I mean, it's actually, if, if I were to read them off for the end of July, they'd be worse than the stats I'm about to read you now. So just understand that what I'm about to say, it's actually worse. Okay, but in in May of this year, we had a five and a half percent interest rate. So we went from three percent to five and a half percent, which means that the uh, the median payment on a home went from one thousand two hundred and twenty bucks a month to one thousand eight hundred and forty two bucks a month, jumped over six hundred dollars. So the payment as a percentage of income went from seventeen percent to twenty five percent. The median household income from May last year until May of this year went from basically $87,000 to $91,000. So people are making $4,000 extra. Well, 600 times 12, 7,200, right? That's how much payments have gone up, but we've only increased our income by $4,000. All of this is, is impacting the affordability index. Things are becoming less and less affordable. Now, you compound or you overlay that with the fact that consumer confidence is going down. More and more people believe that our market is in trouble. I think a lot of buyers out there want to believe um, or push the narrative that the market is changing uh, for for the betterment of, of buyers um, because they want to use that in the form of negotiations to get a better deal on a house. They've, they've not really had the ability to do that for years. You know, it's been how much can you pay and what are you willing to sacrifice? How much risk are you willing to take on to buy this house? You know, you got to pay more than what they're asking. And, you know, are you comfortable with waiving a home inspection? You might need to be if you want to buy this house. Are you comfortable with waiving the appraisal? And just buying it for whatever you say you want to buy it for without the safeguard of a third-party opinion. A lot of deals were getting done that way. And so what's changing is because consumer confidence is going down, not just in the economy, but obviously as a result of, the, of that, the, the real estate market, people are not out there uh, in droves making ridiculous offers on property. And when I say ridiculous, what I mean by ridiculous isn't necessarily just the uh, price above the asking price. It's the terms of the contract. You've got two basic elements to any deal. You've got the price and the terms. And what we were seeing as being just ridiculous for a while there were, were the terms. You know, hey, I don't need. An, I'm not going to get an inspection. I'm not going to get an appraisal. Um, I'm just going to buy it. Oh, and if you want, you can live there for two months for free. Um, what else can I do for you? You know, we'll have a guy come out and you know give you. Uh, come over to my house and sift through my closet. Take whatever you want. I mean, there's just it, it got so so silly that 
Um, obviously, buyers had a really tough time competing in that space. And now here we are, the market's shifting. Um, a, a big result of that is, of course, consumer confidence. But affordability is a big issue. And it's not being talked about very much, quite honestly. Um, and then the last part, which is the part that I think really needs to be looked at carefully, is inventory. Because remember, this is just good old-fashioned supply and demand, unless, of course, the White House decides to redefine that definition as as well. But we're seeing a lot more properties hitting the market. I mean, nationally, new listings were up 18.6% compared to May. And in May, I think they were up like 16%. We have had a lot of inventory hit the market recently. And if you go back to those two camps of people, one that thinks everything's going to be okay, and the other that says, you know, hey, if I'm selling, I'm getting out now. I'm not going to wait for the market to start adjusting downward. I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to get out while the getting's good, and I'm going to cash in on all this equity that I have in an environment where I still um, am in control as a seller. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of folks jumping off of the sidelines and saying, you know what? Now's the time. Now's the time. The party's over. Okay. Or, or it's coming to an end. So I'm going to get out while the getting is good. Because the reality is this. The number one uh, influencer of inventory is job change. And right now what we're seeing are just the, the surge of people that... And, and I say surge, I think there's still a lot more people left that are in this position, but a big surge of people that have been waiting on the sidelines, um, either patiently or impatiently, depending upon uh, the person, of course, but they've been waiting for inventory to level out a little bit. They've been waiting for some more options to hit the market um, because they just didn't like what was out there and they're not going to feel forced into a home because they don't have to move. So now you've got some more inventory hitting in the market. You've got more choice hitting the market. And it's an environment in which, hey, maybe now you've got six to 10 homes in your price range rather than one, maybe two. Because in in the environment where it's, you know, hey, we've got only one home that fits your criteria. And if you don't make it a really competitive offer right now, I'm not sure when the next one's going to hit the market. It might be, You might have to wait a year to find another property like this to buy. And so it creates this this frenzy in these bidding wars. And so what we're seeing now is that instead of it being just one home, maybe it's four or five, maybe it's seven, eight, ten. It gives the buyer more options to say, hey, why am, why am I going to make you an offer for 10, 15% above your asking price when I've got all these other homes that I can go and see and try and work a deal with them on? This, this shift in powers is returning to a more normal market where buyers and sellers are going to have a normal discussion about doing a real estate transaction. The buyer's going to want some things. The seller's going to want some things. And you do that good old-fashioned thing where you try to meet somewhere in the middle. That's what's changing right now. But I think there are a lot of folks out there that are saying, you know what, this party is over. Um, I am, I've, I've held on to this property uh, to a point where I don't see there being this, this ex- exponential increase in value. I think it might get a, a little bit more valuable, but I'm not willing to take that risk because if this thing does go south, uh, I want to get out now. And that's why we're having a lot of conversations with folks because at the end of the day, this is all um, 
you know, well and good to talk about kind of like the macro level strategy, but real estate is local. It's hyper local. It's down to your neighborhood. It's down to your street. And so if the idea here is to time the market, then we need to have a very pointed discussion about the data that we're using to determine the trends in that market. And then of course, ultimately what you're trying to accomplish. So if you're, if you're listening to this program and you're asking yourself, you know, Hey, is now maybe the right time to sell my house? If, if I don't, maybe I don't have to sell my house because obviously folks that need to sell, they're going to take that step. They're going to reach out to a real estate agent no matter what, but for the folks that are thinking about selling, but are just not pressured to do so, my advice to you is just have a conversation. Let's look at what's going on in your specific area. Let's talk more about your specific situation, what you're trying to move into, see if there are some more opportunities there. Uh, and and the other reality is this. You've, you've had all these folks that have been waiting on the sidelines for quite some time now. And as real estate agents continue to have conversations with folks like that, they build this database of potential buyers and sellers. So the the agents out there that are doing a really good job of just talking to a lot of people have this fantastic thing called shadow inventory. They've got a bunch of sellers that will be selling soon if those folks could find the right thing to buy or if we brought them a buyer. We make about 10,000, I'm sorry, 15,000 dials a month on my real estate team. That's a lot of conversations with folks. So if you're on the fence or if you're thinking about moving and you just want to get some more information on what that looks like, then give me a call, 843-400-8009. That's my personal number, 843-400-8009. Or check us out online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. And remember, I'm in the studio here, so if you guys have some questions for me, give me a buzz. 843-556-1250 is the number in the studio. 556 1250. All right, folks, stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. More stimulating talk on real estate matters with Brian Beatty next on 1250 WTMA. Now, the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues on Charleston's Big Talker, 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, as the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show continues here on the Big Talker, 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. I always like to take a little bit of time and just say that I appreciate those of you that listen to this program and rely on the information within it. Almost 10 years I've been on this program, giving you my advice on the real estate market as somebody that's you know, represented about a billion dollars worth of real estate here locally, about a little over 1,100 transactions. And uh, I, I bring that news to you guys because we've got, I've got a large real estate team. We do a lot of transactions. Um, and we've got a really close ear to the ground. We understand how people are feeling, what they're saying, uh, and then the action or inaction that results in. We've got a really good beat on the market right now. Um, you know, at fifteen thousand dollars a month, as I said, I just read right uh, before we took a break, and that's a lot of conversations <laughs> with people about real estate. Um, and in addition to that, I'm a real estate coach nationally, actually internationally, because I've got a client in Canada. But um, interesting how the market is shifting across the entire country. And I know that there are folks that say, "Well, yeah, but Charleston's different." Well, first of all, I agree, and we are a location that people are moving to. So 
our market's going to be a little more insulated. We're going to have, uh, I think, not as big of a hit if one if one does happen, uh, as compared to some of these other markets. You know, a lot of markets on the West Coast usually take a pretty big hit. Things like you know, Vegas as well. Um, you know, they're 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 kind of the leading indicator for what's going to happen on the East Coast. But and and why is that important? Well, if we've seen for the past gosh several years. Um, that a lot of folks moved to Charleston from the Northeast. Now we're starting to get a lot of folks from the Midwest and from the West Coast. A lot of people from California, more than I've ever seen, are moving here. And so why is that important? Well, our market might not fluctuate. It might not go up and down as much as some other parts of the country. But if people are moving here from those areas that are getting hit really hard, it's going to impact how much they can pay for the homes that are on the market now. And so as we are seeing inventory go up, which is absolutely the trend right now, granted, we still have a ways to go um, before things are what I would consider to be a normal market or what the technical definition of a normal market is. Um, But I do think that there are some opportunities out there for buyers, even with the shift in the market over the course of the past few months. It's not been uh, that long, but it's definitely happened. And we're seeing it on our listings. We're seeing it on our showings. Uh, we're seeing it in the conversations that we have with with folks about real estate. But if you're a buyer right now, I want to give you a few little tips and tricks uh, if you're going to be in this market. And the first one is to be prepared. You know, there's it. It always is. I'm just going to call it like it is. It's irritating when we have conversations with folks for months about homes that they're interested in purchasing. We provide them with options. You know, I've got an inside sales department on my team. I've got four folks that I employ that don't buyers help people buy or sell real estate. All they do is call people and find people that want to buy or sell real estate. That's one of the reasons why we've got such a large database and why we can provide options to our buyers and sellers that other agents can't because we've got the information. But anyways, you have all these folks that, um, let's say that they have been looking for six months. You've been suggesting that they have a conversation with the lender so that when they find the right home, they're ready. Well, then they find the home that they really like and and want to make an offer on. No seller out there is going to respond to an offer without it being accompanied by a pre-approval letter. You know, a letter saying, hey, yeah, I've talked to the bank. We're good. I've given them my data. Um, You can be confident in accepting my offer. But we have these folks that just wait months and months and months until they find the house that they're interested in. And then they try to go through the process of getting pre-approved. And then they realize, okay, I have, I have no idea where my tax returns are. I mean, I, yeah, let me go and try and find them. They're in a box somewhere, I'm sure. Um, and while we're waiting and waiting and waiting, the home goes under contract. Don't let that happen to you. Have a conversation with the lender. Oh, and by the way, one of the benefits in that is that when they run your credit, which yes, they're going to run your credit. It's okay. Take a breath. But when they do, they might find something that you were unaware of, something that negatively impacts your ability to buy a house or that increases your interest rate or that doesn't allow you to get a mortgage in the first place. Can't tell you the number of times we have saved deals because we were proactive about helping a buyer get pre-approved for a mortgage. And I know that there's a a school of thought out there that says, well, that's not really for the buyer. It's for the agent so that the agent doesn't have to waste their time showing a bunch of properties to a buyer that can't afford it. Well, is that such a bad thing? 
But no, it's more for the consumer so that when they find something they're interested in, they are prepared. So take some time and prepare yourself by being a more legitimate buyer in the eyes of the seller. Second thing, look at the comparables before you make an offer on a house. For the past few years, um, agents have said, look, if you want this house, it's got to be an offer today. If you want to sleep on it tonight, then the person that slept on it last night's making the offer today. Sorry, you got to get in now. It's just, you know, it's always felt a little slimy to me. I understand the importance of the urgency required in that type of a market, but take just a moment and make sure you're working with a real estate agent that knows how to run comparables quickly, efficiently, effectively. You need to find somebody that really understands value because that's what people are nervous about right now. They're nervous that they're going to buy something and it become uh, worth less. Nobody wants to catch a falling sword. So take some time. Look at what this home is actually worth and make an offer accordingly rather than just, well, how much do I have to go above the asking price to increase my chance of actually being able to buy this house? Make a more informed decision. I'd say the third thing is look for some homes that have an increased days on market. They've been sitting around for a little while. You're still going to have a lot of folks that intentionally overprice their home. Well, either intentionally or unintentionally. Maybe they're just listening to the advice of a real estate agent that just wants the listing. And they, as a result, are going to tell that seller what they think they want to hear in order to get them to sign on the dotted line and hire that agent. It happens all the time in this industry. It's called buying the listing. Um, where we just, you know, we, we have these agents out there that will say, yeah, well, you, I think it's worth, you know, 500, but you want to list it for 600. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, actually I think it probably could be worth 600. You know, they're just, they have no backbone. Um, now if, if, if I say it's, I think it's worth 500 and the seller wants to list it for 600 and try it. Hey, it's your house. You get to determine the price. I am just your insight into what I believe the market will bear for your home. But if that's what you want to do. We'll try it, but let's have a strategy attached to that. So as a buyer, start looking for homes that have an increased day as a market that have not adjusted their price. They're probably due for one because we're still in a good enough market to where if it's been on the market for you know at least a few weeks and it hasn't sold and there is no price reduction, it's probably just overpriced. So look at those uh, properties that have an increased days on market. And then I'd say the last thing is... Um, not everything needs to happen immediately when you're negotiating on one of these homes. That does have a little bit of a an increase in, in days on market. If it's been sitting around for a while, you, you do have a little bit of a green light to, to to go in to go in less. You know, we've like I said, buyers have been waiting for something that allows them to get back to that good old fashioned low ball offer move. Um, you know, hey, I know this is probably not what the seller is going to take, but this is where I want to start. I want to start the conversation and uh, you just hope that it's the right number that doesn't offend the seller so that you can actually have a conversation, a productive one and and and, and find a deal. Um, but I think what has been uh, quite quite effective is making an initial offer, waiting for that seller to respond, which I think usually happens pretty quickly now because you're basically you're you're feeding off of the fear that the sellers have that hey if if I don't get out now it's gonna it's gonna sell for less because there are a lot of sellers that are out there that think that is that the right way to be thinking right now I'm I'm not entirely sure 
Uh, again, it depends on market. It depends on people's individual situations. But make an offer, have that seller respond, and then back off for a little while. It's a risky play. Don't get me wrong, because somebody else could swoop in. Um, but if it's been on the market for a while and, and you don't really have any reason to believe that it's going to just suddenly result in a multiple offer situation, then let them sweat a little bit. And I bet you that gets you a better deal. If you're thinking of buying a home, uh, we've got a lot more that we can talk about with you off air. Feel free to give me a call if that's you. And uh, we'd love to earn your business. The number is 843-400-8009. That's my cell. You can call or text that number, 843-400-8009. Visit us online, listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. And with, uh, gosh, about 10 or so minutes left, if you have some questions and you want to call into the studio, I am live. The number here, 843-556-1250. 843-556-1250. Stick around for more of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA. Have a real estate question? Ask Brian Beatty. Send him an email, lowcountryhomesales at gmail.com. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show is on 1250 WTMA. 1250 WTMA. Expert news and views on the low country real estate scene. The Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on 1250 WTMA. Welcome back, folks, to the last few minutes of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show here on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA and WTMA.com. So we've covered a lot of ground this morning, I think, talking about the, you know, obviously the state of the, the market, the economy, and, and, you know, how the White House, of course, has redefined the re- word recession and what that means for us as uh, folks that care about real estate, right? People listening to this program want, the, want, want a, a real estate application to all of this. And so we talked through that. We talked about, you know, if you're a buyer in this market, uh, you, you finally have a little bit of ammunition that you can use to try and get yourself a bit of a better deal. Um and not feel like, gosh, I just, I just, I made a silly choice buying this house for that much money. Because um, we've had some some buyers after the fact that have felt that way, and you hate you hate it when that happens. You never want anybody to have buyer remorse, of course. Um, but it's sometimes unavoidable to feel that way when you've got to pay one hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than somebody's asking for something. And so now that this market is shifting, you know, we talked about some tips and tricks if you're a buyer, but if you're a seller. What do you need to be focused on right now? So, um, you know, we, we, we work with a lot of sellers. It's the majority of our business. We're about 65% sellers, 35% buyers. Um, and not because we, we don't want to work with <laughs> buyers. It's just, you know, we've, we have developed a way through our marketing and, of course, through our, our market experience to, to create results for folks that I think is just different than what most people are, are used to. You know, we, we really do try and go above and beyond for our folks. And so... Um, with, if I'm a seller, here's what I'd really be focusing on right now. And of course, please understand that there are several different types of markets within Charleston, right? You've got the first time home buyer market. You've got the luxury market, second home market, move up market, all different types of, of properties, right? That come with differing levels of, um, time frame and motivation and, and factors that, determine how quickly and how much they want to move, whatever. So we've got a, a nice wide variety here in Charleston. Uh, and of course, if you're thinking of selling, then we need to have a very specific conversation about your specific area, your price range, 
um, and what's going on within that section of the market. But if I'm a seller, generally speaking right now, I'd, I'd be putting more effort into the presentation of your home when it hits the market now that listings are increasing, right? We've seen uh, a few thousand more properties hit the market over the course of the past few months. And granted, we were less than a thousand homes for sale. So it, it sounds like that's a ton of properties and it is over a short period of time, which is what it's concerning. Um, but if you look at overall inventory, you know, we're still in a seller's market if we're just looking at month supply of inventory. But anyways, now that more properties are hitting the market, we need to put a little bit more time into uh, the presentation of the home and how we differentiate from the other properties that are out there. A great way of doing that and maintaining control of the conversation is by getting a pre-listing home inspection because you've you've got two basic or major points of negotiation in a real estate deal. Once when you're going back and forth at, at the initial offer, counter offer phase, right? And then once again, once um, the home inspection is done. And so as a seller, you want to try and control the process, control the conversation as much as possible. When you get a pre-listing home inspection done, obviously we're highlighting everything that um, a, a buyer's inspector is going to find. We're getting ahead of this. We're figuring out what is going to likely be requested by that buyer. And then we can go and we can get quotes uh, for, you, you either want to fix the stuff or you don't. Either way, you have to disclose it, right? You, you have a responsibility uh, and a contractual obligation to disclose anything that you know that's wrong about your house through something called a property condition disclosure statement, uh, which by the way is how a lot of for sale by owners get sued because they don't even know that document exists. Um, but anyways, you, you look through that report, you identify the things that the buyer will likely request. You know, we're not talking about fixing every little thing on the report because they're going to find all kinds of stuff. I mean, inspectors are good and they really have built out a nice library of things that I find in almost every home inspection, you know, like bushes need to be trimmed to within 18 inches of the base of the property or just all these little things. But anyways, you want to control that conversation by getting quotes for the items there so that you avoid the situation uh, once it's under contract of a buyer saying, gosh, you know, we got the inspection and so, you know, we want $10,000 off the price. Well, you've got a quote to fix everything for 2800 Right, We want to control that conversation. You don't want to be beholden to a, a buyer's contractor's opinion of, of how much it's going to cost to fix that stuff. Because guess what? A buyer's contractor that's producing quotes for the buyer is going to do the seller no favors. In fact, that might even be higher than what they actually do the, the work for. Um, so protect yourself there. I think if you're concerned about the condition of your home, you're concerned about some things that might be found in a home inspection... Do it beforehand. You know, get ahead of it. Let's use that to our advantage to control the conversation. Uh, obviously, now that uh, properties are taking a little bit longer to sell and there are more of them, differentiating your home uh, online and in and, and different ways of marketing the property is incredibly important. You know, kind of not necessarily gone are the days of multiple offer situations and selling in, in a day as being expected, it still happens. Certainly, it still happens in, in entry-level price points. Um, but now that we're returning to normalcy, marketing is really important. Make sure that you're asking your agent what they're doing from a marketing perspective 
And a great way of determining who's better at marketing is by interviewing more than one person. Have something to compare their marketing plan to. So you've got all these folks that have not really had to do much of it, if I'm being honest, because they throw it on the market, the home sells because there's so many buyers that, you know, what's the point in spending some money on marketing? They're going to find it and buy it anyways. Well, now agents are having to learn how to do that if they've not sold real estate in a shifting market. We've been doing that since 2006. We've sold over 1,100 homes. And so if you'd like to reach out to us and help you sell your home, 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009. Or check us out online at listingsincharleston.com. Thanks so much for listening. You guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show on the Big Talker 1250 WTMA. Join us for another edition of the Brian Beatty Real Estate Show next Saturday morning at 9 and Sunday morning at 10. Contact Brian Beatty online at listingsincharleston.com. That's listingsincharleston.com. Or call him at 843-400-8009. That's 843-400-8009.